You are listening to Master's Decoded podcast series. I'm your host and the chief decoder, Anis Merchant. Through this podcast, I bring in guests who are successful in a different walk of life to decode and map out their careers and journeys with the hope that we gain all our learnings. The world around us is changing exponentially and how the impact of artificial intelligence, technology, and other socioeconomic factors have either influenced or enhanced my guest careers. In today's episode, I have invited Deepak Sahani. Deepak is a self-made entrepreneur who, from a humble beginning, is now leading a successful health tech startup called Healthians. Healthians is funded by Yuvraj Singh himself and plays an important role in endorsing the services from Healthians. In addition to this podcast, I would also like to share the big news with you, my listeners. In the last nine months across the journey of Masters Decoded, I personally have enjoyed the journey. I wanted to share that with this episode, the first season comes to an end. I'm going to be back with a more interesting content part of Masters Decoded soon. I would like to personally thank you for all the words of encouragement, reviews and comments. The episodes would continue to be made available on all the prominent channels and stay for you to learn, explore and enhance your careers. So without much further ado, let me get on with it today's last episode of season 1. Hi Deepak, welcome to Masters Decoded podcast series. Really glad to have you on the show today. Thank you Anish, it's a pleasure to have you having me here. Likewise. Deepak, uh, you know, the word unprecedented times is being l- too much used in this last nine months. But and many of us who are at home or, uh, you know, ensuring that we are safe. But this unprecedented has really changed the way your business is. Uh, and if you can share what, how the unprecedented times has really reshaped your business and your career, would love to hear that first. absolutely so yes as you know a uh, lot of attention towards health and uh, uh, basically belonging to an healthcare industry it comes with more responsibilities uh, it also comes with lot of challenges so i still remember the day when uh, it was 15th of march when this thing was started taking in india we knew that uh, probably we can get into a lockdown and it actually happened on 22nd of march and everything got still uh, stand still and uh, we as in healthcare industry uh, people have always thought of that okay we are a 365 days service provider and we should always be on the field but there was a challenge at this point of time which never never has been heard of that you have to motivate your guys to be on the field but they are also afraid their parents are stopping them not to go out uh, they are the ones who go at home and collect the samples and mm-hmm. uh, somebody somebody who's sitting at home is actually looking at them coming over on time but uh, uh if you don't go out you can't tell your people to go out and mm-hmm. if you go out uh, then you know what's going right so that's the first challenge that we faced and uh, we were uh, able to obviously address that challenge with a lot of motivation videos things about telling people i still remember we created a badge mm-hmm. and that badge was basically a dp on your phone wherein you used to write over that i'm a healthcare worker and i have to be on field right and everybody pasted their photograph on that and that's where we started uh, uh 
out in the field, doing special passes, mm-hmm. getting that worked out. It took about a week or ten days, and a lot of problems on ground. Situations were very, very bad. A lot of people were stopped by the police at that point of time. They were not able to reach places. They were people carrying samples were not able to reach at the lab. Uh, saw this in and out. Uh, used to be there from a 5 a.m. to a midnight. Uh, interesting these kind of issues and understanding, but we we, we never stopped. I think uh, for me, a work from home only happened from 22nd of March till 30th of March, mm-hmm. 18 days, and from 1st of April onwards, I've never been at home because I'm been going office to make people feel that actually it's working and we are healthcare people and we have to be working. 65 days, no matter what the situation is, and business from there has actually changed because a large amount of population uh, who used to actually go to the hospitals, clinics, uh, collection centers for giving their blood samples mm-hmm. actually could not go out because uh, it's, it's not allowed yep. uh, during the lockdown. And even now, after the lockdown, when the things are even normal, people doesn't want to go out. They won't want to risk themselves going to any kind of a healthcare facility. Yes, until it's too much, too much of an emergency. So I think the, the the awareness that we were trying to spread out that we are at home convenience business and we want to come at home uh, was definitely taking a lot of push from our end before somebody understands it has actually now started happening of its own uh, of itself, right? Yep. So people have understood this that if you want a safe and hygienic home sample collection, then there are not too many out there who can actually provide you a transparency check and uh, a kind of a Complete visibility and reliability of doing the sample collection at home, mm-hmm. and that's where we see a large surge happening in. And um, we, we've actually seen 120, 130 percent growth from our peak level. Wow! Uh, and we are trying to address that. So it has, in the last way, has changed the business how people think and their attention towards health is going to actually now increase more in the next one decade. Mm-hmm. So talking more about and something which caught my attention right now. Uh, and i know that is not how you started your entire entrepreneur journey you said you are a healthcare professional and you have to come to work but you are not by design by background a healthcare profession you had your first company at a very young age which was completely different than what you are currently doing is that correct absolutely and what was that company all about and what were you doing then so i started my career back in 19 I think uh, it was uh, one because I wanted to do something quite early, and looking at my family situation, also I knew that uh, I would not have a luxury of time of actually uh, spending a lot of time thinking about figuring out how when to start earning money. Okay. And uh, uh, actually, that gave me a lot of uh, push automatically to actually start working on something. Mm-hmm. And I still remember um, uh, just after passing school. I had a lot of interest in full time in the computers, and uh, I used to be in computers a lot of time. Okay. And uh, I did my hardware engineering, and I started uh, doing my computer assembling business at the age of nineteen. Okay. And at that part of time, this is year two thousand two thousand two, kind of number. There, uh, the computers were uh, still having a very very high margins, and you can assemble and put in your own brand and sell those computers at a maybe about twenty five fifty thousand margin. Mm-hmm. Which probably uh, after 2002 or three got dropped down to 2000, 3000 rupees, right? Mm-hmm. That market crashed at that point of time. But when I entered, uh, I used to tell a lot of people who talked to me. I used to drive a bike, go to people's home. I used to repair their computers. Wow. 
I used to also build computers and uh, sell it to people, and I also service them. So I I remember I have drove multiple bikes over a lakh kilometers during wow. that time, uh, uh, thinking that uh, I don't have to be dependent upon anyone, and I have to support my family. So that's where the journey started, and um, uh, when this topic crashed in 2002, see, uh, I didn't let it go. And I was remaining with some five, six computers which I actually bought back from people. Okay. I thought something has to be done from this only because I can't let this inventory go wasted uh, at that point of time because you don't start your business. And I took a, I, I remember I took a two lakh rupees loan from a bank and started a IT tech company. And that was, uh, at that point of time, uh, a lot of web was coming in mm-hmm. and people were new into how the web, IT, application work and all that stuff used to happen like SEO and everything. Yep. So I used those computers to hire a web designer and started learning myself in the software side of it. Simultaneously was completing my BC and MCA both during those years. And uh, it, it actually originated my interest from a hardware towards software. And uh, I started my tech IT business back in 2003. Wow. Uh, uh, with just four people. Uh, a loan of 2 lakh rupees, which was very hefty. I still remember the EMI was still uh, 6,000 rupees, and it was a very heavy bond for me. For me. And uh, and then it went from four people to around 300 people. Hmm. It went from one small city to India, to Dubai, to US, to Thailand, and about 300 plus. So what we did in 2003 when I started, I met with a couple of doctors in 2004. We came from abroad to India, and they knew a little bit of a technology and were very good, renowned names in this field. Mm-hmm. And they told me that, can you do something for us? Because we don't want to advertise ourselves, but we want to promote uh, good uh, ethics practices. Okay. And I realized that this is an industry wherein they don't understand technology and technology does not understand healthcare. Mm-hmm. I can have business gap. And working with them, we here actually originated a lot of money. So I still give a lot of kudos to uh, credit to them on originating that interest. And uh, I started becoming passionate about integrating healthcare with technology. Hmm. And by 2005, this IT business became digital uh, IT business, digital healthcare business. And we were only serving uh, healthcare people. And from 2005 to 13, eight years, we served around 300 plus hospitals worldwide, around 600 plus doctors, some 400 plus clinics, and uh, a lot of other healthcare pharma companies. So we became of, uh, you can say, a monopoly in terms of IT healthcare uh, digitization uh, during that time. And uh, 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 there was a lot of learning. There was a lot of turning points. I represented India in 2005, 6, 7 in US years for a medical travel business. Mm. And uh, again, my IT business helped me to integrate with a US-based company and represent India as a destination there, which was a turning point again in the healthcare space uh, in building those contacts that I have and uh, working with a lot of top chains of hospitals and CEOs and learning from them, understanding the space. Uh, that, that was the start of how I got into healthcare and how I spent about eight, nine years understanding it in and out. It's an amazing journey how things took you from a simple computer management setup to being into a healthcare. Did you plan for this? When you, I know you started working because you wanted to support your family, but getting to being a CEO was that always a destination or a dream you wanted to be at? 
I think there was no very specific. So see, there are two things. When you have a luxury of money, mm-hmm. you have a luxury of planning your stash. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. When you don't have a luxury of money, you have only one thing in your hand: is to work hard and keep going. Right. Very and you well can't said. Stop. Very well said. So, so you can't decide that tomorrow you land up to be a CEO of a company or a manager of a company or maybe a tycoon. Hmm. But uh, if you go with that expectation, I think that expectations are wrong. Uh, what I did is I worked uh, really, really hard in everything that I did. For me, going to computer, uh, going to people houses and doing a computer repair was not a small job mm-hmm. because it was paying me. And today, whatever I'm, whatever I'm doing, it's also not a small job. So everything for me is an entrepreneurship, and I chose that when, whenever the opportunity came my way and gave it my best. very well said uh deepak and it's a great learning based on what you've just said uh, you know when adversity uh strikes in you basically have to take actions what is right and during that time and talking about adversity uh, and i have done a little bit research about healthy ends there are some very innovative things which you all have done in the last 9 months uh whether it's using a lot of technology processes people practices and even healthians as a process uh, has very innovative way of engaging with ca- uh, patients or customers in a very different way so how how all, all of this came about whether it is uh, you know i know you all are using robots to scan a temperature you have uh, set up some innovative ways to manage pe- uh, the sanitization or taking the test you all have set up camps as part of it so how all these ideas came about and le- integrating technology as part of the entire process yeah i think you rightly said uh, i think a lot of innovations happens uh, when there is an uh, definitely an adversity and uh, uh, specifically entrepreneurs are meant for actually working with the resources that they have and within that resources create something that is meaningful mm-hmm. i think that's a learning uh, of life and uh, when you have those learnings with you and uh, such opportunities comes in place rather than sitting at home and thinking no oh, you have got some position in life why to risk in your life and go out and do something which is not the which is not in your purview mm-hmm. it was important for uh, us to actually say that we are a young blood young company people have a lot of uh, uh, hopes from us right and uh, we we are not like uh, we're not like somebody who's listed on a stock exchange and probably can uh, survive this out and does not needs to also come in front and nobody will tell that it's not a brand because it doesn't came in front yep. so i think that was that was some thoughts which actually led us to front end the entire thing and uh, we started uh, actually uh, on in, in in the week of 15th of march itself i sent in a lot of proposals to the government and this was just out of the curiosity in terms of telling them that if this is hitting india then how are we prepared and stuff like that and how a large manpower of my people who are very very trained uh, can be prepared uh, for handling such situations and uh, even if we don't have a work in during this particular time we can actually lend this manpower to a government so that they can do something for them Mm-hmm. and uh, i would i would appreciate that the government has actually seen those letters sent it to multiple governments and state governments and we got a lot of calls that what all you can work and they have called us to give some presentations and ideas mm. and uh, by by mid of april we were ready to launch uh, uh, the first uh, drive through collection center which was uh, which was first time in india in terms of 
uh, collecting blood samples. Uh, I think the first one actually came in Delhi, and we started the first one in Gurgaon, uh, which was to collect uh, 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 COVID samples uh, while you are driving the vehicle. Right, so you drive the vehicle, you come into this particular testing center, so you stay in your car, and we can actually collect the samples, uh, which can be done without using much use of a PPE. At the same time, uh, it is also very very secure because you remain in your car, and it doesn't help. It doesn't actually get into spreading virus because going to each home was not possible. Secondly, we launched three more solutions like this. We launched the personal kiosk, wherein a person stays. Because if you know, initially there was a lot of shortage of PPE. So the yep. innovation solution, innovative solution that was required was how can you collect more samples while not using uh, that number of PPE, right? Mm-hmm. And that was only possible if the person who is collecting does not get in a direct contact with the person for him to collect the sample for. Otherwise, it is important to control uh, to change the PPE for each sample. So we created a waste kiosk, which basically had a glass in the front of it and a complete uh, negative pressure room, along with the HEPA filters and stuff like that. So he, the person stays inside that room, takes his hands out uh, mm. within the uh, with the gloves, and then collects the sample. And he could do probably 300 to 400 samples uh, from one single booth in a day. So we launched these uh, in a lot of cities like Bangalore, Kutti, Haryana, Delhi, and other cities, and gave it to government. Hmm. and uh, with our support there is definitely some some organizations that come in, came in front who funded us and gave us the specific grants and money uh, to obviously push this as much as we can and uh, we use that particular money in obviously providing uh, such uh, solutions to people post that we also created a mobile vehicle because we knew if there is a red zone how does the people have to uh, people cannot come out of that zone red zone if they are coming out for getting the test done then also they are spreading the virus Yep. So we created mobile mobile vehicles similar to this, wherein up two people can sit inside the vehicle and actually collect 200-500 samples a day. So those vehicles were given to the state government so that they can send it to those locations where a lot of cases are coming in, and uh, we do uh, and and that that ran very well. Post that, we also once this lockdown started to open, we thought our responsibility also is to restart, right? And as we know. Economy, healthcare—these are all the industries that you're working with. So there is a responsibility that you have. So for restarting those particular things, we launched a service called Cop Shield and Med Shield. Mm-hmm. The Cop Shield was a corporate product which basically uh, offered an entire uh, sanitization with uh, training awareness for HRs and getting the office ready and making it work safely, making it safe for uh, the uh, manpower to come back, yep. and giving them a work safety certificate and doing their audit. To help them understand that what are those norms that they have to follow, how can they uh, bring in uh, confidence in their employees so that they can start coming to the office. Mm-hmm. And uh, for Medshield, what we did is we understood that healthcare um, uh, industry is also while we from outside we see that there is a lot of attention towards health, but we knew that the entire healthcare industry actually is not on COVID. It basically was more of OPDs, people coming and getting themselves tested or doing elective surgery. So all of that got stopped. And a lot of clinics got shut down because the doctors were not opening those clinics because of COVID issues. Now, when they wanted to restart, people are not coming to those clinics, so those businesses got stuck, and a lot of people working in those organizations were actually sitting at home. Mm-hmm. So we launched this complimentary service of reactivating those clinics by providing similar sanitization, activation, awareness, posters, uh, getting that ready for patients to come in, and making sure that uh, if even if 
the patients are coming with the, any kind of thing. So be, uh, there is a there is at least a confidence being given to a lot of patients that this is this place is safe, mm -hmm. and you can use this place and. Created videos which doctors could actually send into their patients and reactivate their clinic. So we didn't charge any of those. Uh, we actually reactivated around 400 such clinics in total hmm. by providing this free sanitization service. While we don't have any association with that, but they are a part of our industry, so we activated those. So such many of such uh, initiatives were taken at that point of time, and uh, I think the actually if this is unprecedented. Both your health and mm -hmm. what gives you a more satisfaction uh, was some of the key, uh, key things that we actually kept in mind while doing Wow. That's great to hear. Just building on this and something which you mentioned earlier as well, you spoke about when this entire pandemic started in March, your own employees were having reservations about going out in the field. And even you started going back to work from March 30th to back to office. How has family supported this entire endeavor? Before pandemic, I'm sure it would have been different and during pandemic, it would have been different. And it's not just your family, it's your your employee families as well. How How has that entire process or that support ecosystem has evolved and helped you enable where you are today? I think, uh, again, I think it has built in from a lot of trust uh, that has been going uh, because people are associated with the company from long, but uh, it wasn't easy at all. Uh, we uh, we didn't knew how it's going to work, right? We didn't knew mm -hmm. when are we going to stop. We didn't knew if uh, tomorrow we are going to get a mail from hundred people saying that it's not possible for us to work, kind of thing. We didn't knew anything, so it was just that we realized uh, first how do we ensure the safety of our own people, mm -hmm. and we took some action to related to that. So. Uh, first thing first we did is uh, we always, because of our field staff, we always offer uh, an accidental insurance to them. But the first thing that we did on the 1st of April itself is offer them a health insurance. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, the reason for that was that if anything goes wrong, uh, it's not a financial burden on them. right? Yep. And uh, if anything goes wrong in their family as, they, as well, there was an option to add the family members up there. So first bringing in those confidence was uh, important and making... Uh, because how, why do you worry? You worry because if something happens to you, what mm -hmm. the family is going to do and obviously it is going to be more expensive, how it's going to turn out because at that point of time, uh, being COVID positive is like almost that you, you don't know if you will survive or not, right? So the situation yep. is different. We have understood the virus in a better manner. So at that point of time, you're asking somebody to actually risk his life, right? And yep. how would you do that? So we did a lot of training and we took about 15, 20 days in understanding the, the WHO standards, bringing the best of the trainings in place, um, making making sure that the people are adhering to those particular training standards and how do they really, really ensure and safe themselves. So uh, like even the best of the friends or the best of the things, we actually made sure that they're not meeting each other. They are standing at a distance. They are always in the PP. They have the face shield. They have the mask. They are always in the club. And we also tried telling them that while they are working, at least uh, uh, most of them, which are actually staying in very small houses, we told them to shift into a facility that we took. And mm -hmm. rather than going back to their home, so that they are not actually infecting uh, multiple people at their home. People who have large houses, we told them to try and isolate themselves into their house. And we used to weekly send them at their homes when, they are, uh, when we know that there is no temperature and they're feeling absolutely fine. Mm -hmm. I think people took it seriously and and to motivate them 
the first thing that I did, I still remember was I went to an office when it was empty, and I I shot a video from there, which was almost uh, using a, a using my own phone camera, and I mm. said that this this was the place which was buzzing 15 days back, and uh, and luckily it was our new office, which actually uh, we took the same year. So and this new place was buzzing, and but today it is completely completely empty, right? So, mm. but uh, motivated a lot of people through that video, saying that there is an emotional attachment and you'll be back, right? So nice, nice. So what? What? I started, mm. and uh, just after that, what happened is a lot of people started sending me those messages and saying that we are in the company and we are from healthcare and. Then I told you we started those badges. Mm. We spoke, and we did an entire. Uh, uh, you can say we did an entire uh, uh, web webinar and uh, got everyone on board to understand their apprehensions, issues, what they think, what their family says. Mm. And at that end of that webinar, we also brought in their family members on that webinar. And I think uh, people realized that uh, uh, there is definitely a lot of people who are ready to go back and start working. But they will actually ensure themselves to be safe, and they'll not do anything which actually put them on a risk. And uh, luckily, I can tell you that uh, for for about the first two months, we had zero cases, right? Mm. And then people started to become normal. That the things are very very normal. We we had initially one or two cases within our team, and then we started controlling. So I think from an 800 people team, we hardly had eight cases till today uh, of somebody that's getting infected. Yeah, that's good to hear. it just shows the care which you have for your team which drives all focus of where things are today for you and for the larger organization which is heartening to hear now you know you've been through a very interesting entrepreneurial journey uh, deepak you've had a tech background from a hardware to a software to doing healthcare software engineering digital setup to being a in the forefront of being in the healthcare space what's next for you what what does the future look like for you i think uh, see it actually depends i think the, the like i told you the priority and the focus keep changing while you're growing in mm-hmm. life and uh, uh, i think uh, there is a lot more to be given here uh, at least the next decade uh, this 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 business gives me more satisfaction because it is not just solving one problem of giving people employment or uh, uh, making me an entrepreneur or a businessman mm-hmm. but it also solves very large problem which is healthcare and it gives a different kind of a satisfaction because we build this company around this and uh, which is more more towards preventive as well so we the vision the entire vision has been that we could add some healthy years to people's life right and mm-hmm. that can be done if we if we handhold them at the right age mm-hmm. and we tell them at the right age that you are not in a right direction your lifestyle changes they actually impact and that's where we start correcting their lifestyle and become a part of obviously good health that they get so it gives a lot of satisfaction when you service uh, when you are in a service kind of an environment which is specifically healthcare which is not like so i think uh, that gives a lot of motivation and kick to remain here and make it reach to every nook and corner of the country Uh, so people have affordable and accessible healthcare. That's the first motto uh, before uh, moving ahead. But when I look at any kind of a future plans, I think uh, uh, my next ones would be to support entrepreneurs and founders. 
so uh, when i entered the space i knew nothing and i think if you would have read anywhere online uh, my this venture also got 12 rejections before i was funded for the first time and uh, because i was trying to create something new and people thought that this cannot be created uh, and those those were rejections wherein i didn't knew what wrong i'm doing i didn't knew if if i'm in the wrong business or i'm trying to uh, ask fund or my portfolio is not like that or i don't have a degree from a large b school uh, i don't have those fashionable titles with me what is that is not working right and mm-hmm. it was very very difficult to find that out and that that was the main reason uh, uh, it took me time to figure out things and i learned it my way but then i realized that Uh, maybe uh, that's a positive trend, and it was coming in from that grit that you developed early in age. It could, if it could have been my first venture, I would have given up earlier. So the idea is that uh, the country and the economy definitely need a lot of entrepreneurs, and they are the ones which can bring the economy back. And uh, I think if I had to do anything, I would probably be helping those entrepreneurs uh, in in one or the other way, consulting them, helping them. uh to build something that they want to build and also tell them uh, what is right and uh, obviously uh uh it's a luxury of money definitely investing great to hear and i'm sure you are going to get pinged by many entrepreneurs asking for advice hopefully after this podcast uh just a follow up on one thing which you said satisfaction have during this entire journey of healthy ends have you had a moment which makes you feel proud and feel that yes i am on the right path i am living that vision this company was set up for yes there has been and uh, uh, so i would say uh, multiple times but the larger one is what i'll i say because when you are in a journey uh, you realize that you are on a right track for uh, when 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 the company that you're building in for someone uh, comes back to you and tells that he's getting that what you want to do love so uh, in our company what i do is um, i do weekly survey with a lot of my consumers so if if you come in and talk to us this week mm-hmm. so supposedly if you come in and uh, uh, try our platform in this particular week mm-hmm. so you would probably get my email on a friday asking suggestions and how did you feel about it and stuff like that Nice. This was just to make sense, uh, make, uh, let the consumer understand that I am actually concerned about what they feel, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so initially, obviously, when you are building the business, there are always a mixed opinions of people on what they like, what they didn't like. But that was inspiration for me to correct things. Mm-hmm. And uh, soon after two years, two and a half years of the survey, I still today get an immense number of positive feedback. and and i still remember the larger one in terms of people thanking in uh, who are cancer patients and saying they are saving a lot of money because this is affordable the guy comes at home i had to get my chemotherapy and this time the chemotherapy cost also adds on with those test costs which is very very expensive mm-hmm. so uh, this service has really helped us to save a lot of money and uh, it bless you and that's that's where you think that you build something which is actually changing lives which is helping people out Okay. and uh, i think also the turning point would would also be uh, in 2015 uh, uh, itself i met ubi right mm-hmm. and um, 
uh, this was a very start of the journey. We got this first round, and then we were talking about what we are trying to build. Uh, spent about an hour with him at his home, and uh, at the end of that hour, he said, "No, you don't have. You just don't have my money, but you have my sweat. You have my uh, wow uh, complete support with you because I want to do something for preventive thing because I understand how preventive healthcare helps, uh, or doing something preventively helps in diagnosing a disease." and uh, i think uh, uh, that has been a lot of support and uh, also a turning point for a brand as well which gets that kind of a support uh, it's also uh, one of those moments where you realize that actually you are on a right track where a lot of people want to support you yeah and having a cricketer who's loved uh, by the nation uh, even though he's no longer playing but people still remember his i would say his tenure with the indian cricket for a long long time and i think he's absolutely a, he's somebody who's also been a survivor and has seen the hardship specifically himself uh, and he aligning to this brand is a big testimony to the effort which you are putting in as well absolutely so deepak uh, you did touch a little bit about your family and you starting up career at very young age uh, let's talk and let's go rewind back to probably when you were 15 year old 16 year old uh, and i know i may be touching area which you've not shared mo- mostly uh, but what was that process or that phase was which kind of said no i need to go ahead and start working i hope you don't mind sharing that absolutely absolutely i think uh, see i come in from a family of uh, businessmen and my father used to Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so we have always seen him uh, 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 in his in, in his entrepreneurial role. Mm-hmm. And while we were growing, we used to go to his office. We used to realize that this is a place that we want to join mm-hmm. at some point of time. Uh, I think uh, I, I was I was in my tenth standard when uh, uh, he was introducing sport and sports business, which actually started started to crash. And um, this was this was a common thing for most of the exporters at that point of time, mm-hmm. and uh, he suffered a lot of losses during those times. And uh, from us, uh, we were basically prepared to obviously join his business and be very comfortable in life. A lot of things changed, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, from my eleventh standard itself, I started realizing that uh, the things are not okay, right? And the the the, the kind of a uh, person you get into when you are a, from a uh, business family is like almost like no worries for anything right yep. spending the money and stuff like that and from that comfortable zone to coming to an uncomfortable zone where discussions are happening around things selling properties and stuff like that it it actually uh, puts you into two different things either you get into some kind of a bad habit or either you start to walk out i think we were fortunately built like that that started thinking about that we've got so much from the family and the client support and uh, but i didn't knew if, if i could be an entrepreneur because there was no confidence for you 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 could not actually uh, i think kids today are more smarter they know at nine ten that what they want to do they have the early shoes they're already building it a lot of people are learning coding at now five and six years of age yep we all know Mm-hmm. But there was nothing like that out there, right? So it was a very comfortable thing that we'll have sufficient time to plan our life and probably another five, seven years. Mm-hmm. But that turned out, uh, shattered out in a year's time into that you have to actually do something. Uh, 
and plan something just after we are out of school. Right? Mm-hmm. And so taking that as a hint, I think the mind started to prepare. And uh, the discussions with friends used to be about what they wanted to do and stuff like that. And I still remember um, uh, I uh, during my farewell, my uh, my teacher gave me a title. Uh, of uh, saying somebody who has the qualities of industry, wow. and I didn't knew that, but she somewhat saw something into me, and uh, that card I still have from her, which is uh, because they used to give a title to everyone, and I got this particular title, the person who has qualities of industry. I think that somewhere in me uh, created something that maybe she has shown, and as your teacher, uh, they can actually visualize it, and probably would have seen something in me, and then gave me that title. And that gave me a confidence. And when I asked her that why she gave this particular title to me, then I realized that uh, uh, during our fest, one of those fests, mm-hmm. um, uh, where we used to ask people to come in and put some booths and do something, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people used to put that booth to make some amount of money and enjoy during the Diwali fest and the Yanti fest and kind of stuff. Yep. And I, along with my friends, went to the principal of the school and said, "We want to put a booth of a DJ." They were saying DJ. We only put booths for games and stuff like that. Why do you want to put booths of a DJ? Mm. Because the people want to enjoy and this and that, and we will make a kind of a circle where they will come inside and we charge them some fee and then they can dance. They said, but we'll not charge you something which is normal. We're going to charge you double of what we charge for a booth because we have never done this. And then you will have to arrange the DJ and everything. I still remember a couple of our, my friends were not ready, but we finally did that one. Okay. And we did this uh, by obviously investing a little more into that and actually put that stuff. Nice. Now, obviously, as they knew, it was not easy. It is really, really unique of asking somebody to pay for coming into that floor and dancing. Right? Yeah. And uh, we, we did some silly and smart. We can call it as a smart, but it was also silly on our part to think about that. But actually, what we did is we made the entry for the girls' pay. <laughs> so. But the moment we did that, that entry for the girls was free, and then people started walking in. You won't imagine uh, at that or age and that point of time, each of my friend made five thousand taking home, right? Wow! Uh, at the end of that fair, <laughs> while we invested into this, so that's 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 the spot wherein I think uh, you saw that you took that, you make other people agree, you took that plunge, and you knew you can do it. And last moment, you were failing. But you did something smart because of which you were able to succeed. Hmm. So these are the qualities uh, that probably a leader should have. And I was still thinking, no, no, it was just a plunger. I never thought that it's a strategy. It was just came out of the mind. But you don't realize sometimes that my fault. That that's the start. I think that's hmm. where it all comes from. That's something that probably I won't have shared with many of the people apart from uh, my school school guys and my family. But that's where it all started for me. very interesting and something to fast forward now so we are playing this game of rewind and forward before you started healthy ins i have read about it and heard about it that you sold your companies the two companies which you were running to concentrate on healthy ins now those two companies or the companies which you sold were almost like your babies which you set it up with all the blood sweat hard work and passion How was that entire process? Was it easy for you? 
it wasn't uh, uh, easy at all i think uh, when you develop something and uh, uh, but what i learned uh, again uh, coming back to uh, the need and the opportunity out there is uh, business friends and people are always emotional about that business mm-hmm. right but in sometimes when you are really really emotionally attached and not able to make a difference between a scalable business and a non scalable business mm-hmm. then you actually hinder your growth and i particularly feel uh, that that the business age is limited to probably 9 years if okay. you are not doing something if you don't have a monopoly either you make a monopoly in 9 years or you shift the business because the business becomes old hmm. and a new people who are not into it from a long time because when you are into a business you can't see what's happening around you you are only doing what you are doing because you are completely into it but somebody who comes and sees that business as a new business and tries to disrupt it he becomes more successful than you are in less time than you so it is very very important and i realized it and i i saw that uh, even if it is a very very difficult decision but uh, it became easier for me because i shifted a lot of people who were actually working for me than a company mm-hmm. uh, with me into my new company and uh, that gave me a lot of satisfaction that i'm letting the business go but those people who actually trusted in me uh, is getting uh, to work with me for a longer time and they are better so Uh, i always ensured that they are actually doing and progressing in life than leaving them behind uh, was was one of the motivation which made this decision a uh, little softer and easier for me okay that's good you are been taking care of people and i do see you've been taking care of your customers your people and it, i can see that genuinity in you throughout this conversation so that's great and i would say keep up with that because uh, as a leader you are as good as what your team is and uh, you know you can only guide and share the path but it's your people who will always walk for you on that particular path so uh, on a lighter note uh, you know you i see a lot of hard work passion and focus on what you're doing and this pandemic has definitely added a lot of stress but what do you do for fun <laughs> so usually i think sometimes if you make your business as fun uh-huh. you have fun in what you do mm-hmm. uh usually uh you don't distract from that okay. but yes definitely one uh, in the initial days going to the office and solving problems used to be the fun okay. but uh obviously when doing life uh i like i like going out to friends i like reading a lot and uh, i think i'm more passionate about gadgets so i need a new gadget every 3 months okay <laughs> so exploring new things and exploring new gadgets uh, i am i am a uh, shopaholic and well in mm-hmm. terms of uh, if, if you tell me that probably uh, there is an x y z or an amazon or a flipkart how much i buy from that i would say less but how much i buy online because i want to try every new service that comes online and uh, that's what is fun for me right so trying new things uh, trying new gadgets nice. and uh, trying new services so which is the latest gadget you've bought uh, i got a bamboo book for myself which basically converts everything that i write into uh, textual format and uh, all that all that i have to do as a product design or tell somebody is makes easier for me to write in and immediately send it from my system so i like i'm liking it right now so uh, 
I'm doing more work on a bamboo book than my phone. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Great. Uh, I think this has been a fun conversation, uh, Deepak, and I really appreciate you taking time out. Uh, best of luck with Healthians, and I hope you are able to create and drive more impact to health of all individuals in India. With the vision which Thank you, you have. Thank you. Thanks a lot. It was a pleasure speaking to you. Uh, spoken from my heart, and uh, it was it was more fun of how you asked those particular questions than I was able to speak. So thanks a lot. No, likewise, and thank you for being honest and speaking from your heart. Thanks, thanks. Thank you for listening in, and we close yet another episode of Masters Decoded. If you've enjoyed the episode, please you can help us out by sharing it on social media. I would personally appreciate that. It's how we can reach more listeners. and the more listeners we have the more awesome guest i can get in touch and convince to participate in these conversations that are a joy to have for me and i hope they are a joy for you to listen as well you can also help a lot leaving reviews on itunes or your podcast service of choice reviews are surprisingly helpful in supporting the podcast to get to more listeners if this episode has intrigued you I would request you to subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date and get notified to the future episodes. With that, I bid you and see you in the next episode.